Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, did you hear the Doors released a new sync? Uh, you're not buying that. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN Loves. Good to be with you on this Friday. We uh, made it through the week despite the inclement weather. Uh, well, relatively inclement. I mean, it beats shoveling. You don't have to shovel anything. Just got to blow the leaves. Uh, and if you're blowing leaves into the street, uh, just a special request on behalf of motorists all over western New York. Uh, be conscious of the cars that are going by as you are blowing leaves on the street because oftentimes the leaves may contain little pebbles. And when they're caught in the hurricane force of your blower, smashing into somebody's window or door can really kind of result in some ugly consequences, not just for the vehicle involved, uh, but for the two people involved or more people involved in the uh, situation. All it takes is one hothead, and you've got yourself a uh, rowdy dow. Anyway, uh, I have no idea where that expression came from. Probably a movie. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Good to be with you. I want to revisit something that we talked about uh, the other day. Um, from uh, kind of a different perspective, um, I'm sure by now, if you care at all, uh, you've seen the uh, video of the hockey player Adam Johnson taking a skate to the neck from uh, Matt Petgrave uh, over in the UK. And a uh, couple of things that uh, come to mind. First of all, um, hockey neck guards. I know we have a lot of parents out there uh, boys and girls uh, playing hockey, are you going to let your kid on the ice without a neck guard? Have you tried to find a neck guard and how easy or how difficult has it been? And I mentioned this the other day when uh, I did the program, but uh, um, even back in the 70s when I was playing, and believe me, we thought we were really good. When we were 13, 14, 15, we thought we were really, really good, especially those of us who'd gone to speed skating school. But then you go to the uh, Northtown Center and you see five-year-old girls playing today who could absolutely have destroyed us on the ice. And it's rather a, uh, a humbling experience. But um, anyway, I played for like five years. And I think it was about a year or so into playing, I said to my mom, I said, you know, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. I've got skates that have protective stuff in them. I've got shin pads. I've got a cup to protect my little wiener. Uh, I've got shoulder pads. I've got elbow pads. I've got hockey pants. I've got gloves. But And I've got a helmet and a cage. But uh, my neck is totally unprotected from anything. 
So my mom, uh, kind of uh, handy at the time with such things, she put together a little uh, neck collar for me, uh, which uh, was affixed with uh, Velcro, as I recall. Now, uh, would that particular neck collar, which was not exactly made of Kevlar, I don't think we had Kevlar back then, at least in the civilian market, I'm not 100% on that, but uh, whether it would have done anything in light of a blade coming up and catching the neck, I have no idea. Uh, and I don't think I had a false sense of confidence when I was playing, but it, I, I felt a little more protected, um, even for stupid things like a stick or a puck. Um, it would have definitely blunted the force because it was thick enough, but whether it would have stopped a blade, probably not. Would it have stopped the blade from penetrating all the way through to the skin? I, I have no idea. Probably not. But uh, there's a couple of things here that uh, I, I do want to talk about because I'm sure by now many of you have seen the video. And if you haven't seen the video, uh, if you're so inclined, you can watch uh, the Adam Johnson video online. It's up at a number of different sites. And um, one, one of the questions I have is, um, should neck protection be mandatory for anybody at any level playing the game of hockey. And I'm not a big believer in putting people in bubbles. I'm really not. But this, to me, seems like an absolute no-brainer. I do believe neck protection, approved neck protection, ought to be mandatory for all players at all ages, not that it is absolutely 100% going to save any lives, but it very well may save lives down the line. And, I mean, this this uh, is a story, obviously, that came out of the U.K., um, but we've certainly seen in Buffalo, I think this is a good place to do this topic because in uh, Buffalo, I mentioned this the other day, we've had two incidents during National Hockey League games, one involving a Sabre, the other involving a uh, Florida Panther, where dude's neck were severely cut. Dude's necks were severely cut. Clint Malarchuk, the goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres, almost died. And that video is online. I wouldn't recommend it for a pre-bedtime video of uh, viewing. Uh, Richard Jednick uh, of the opposing team, he was cut by one of his own players, one of his own guy's skates, and thank God he had it in him to skate to the bench immediately and his life was saved, as was Clint Malarchuk's uh, life. And it is – I made mention of this uh, the other day. Um, I'm not the most religious person in the world, but um, the fact that Malarchuk and Jednik both survived what very easily could have been life-ending injuries is, I think, uh, something akin to a minor miracle. But even – I mean, here's here's the thing, okay? Even when I was playing at the not very good level at which I was playing in a house league in Tonawanda, I always thought, and, and I'm, I'm totally serious, guys. I mean, this goes back, what, 45 years. I always thought, how come we don't have to wear neck protection? And I'm not even sure there was neck protection available back then. Not like today with Kevlar where it's lightweight, you wrap it around your neck, and it offers you a lot more protection than nothing is going to offer you, okay? Had they had official uh, neck guards back when I was playing at the substandard level at which I was playing, I absolutely positively would have worn one. 
um, just because I, I just always worried about it. And, you know, sh- uh, skate blades are really, really sharp. I used to get mine sharpened like every other uh, practice or game because I just preferred sharp skate blades. And uh, to give you just a stupid example, certainly not non, uh, non-life-threatening example of something that happened to me, uh, this was during a game. I'm skating along, and I noticed huh, my right skate is acting a little bit funky. So I looked out, and there's a piece of hockey tape that has uh, wrapped itself around the blade of the skate. So I took my glove off, and I slid my fingers up the blade of the skate, thus removing the tape. Um, I felt absolutely nothing. I put my hockey glove back on, and suddenly I realized, um, how come my hockey glove is dripping, and why is it blood? And I took off my glove, and basically, without even knowing it, I had cut myself down to the bone. True story. I cut myself down to the bone. And fortunately, it was a kind of wound that heals very, very well. I mean, it was as it was it, it was about as clean a slice of a cut as you were ever going to get, and uh, didn't need stitches. Just put pressure on it, put a bandaid on it after the show, and just basically held it together that night, and it kind of self-sealed itself. But it was a reminder to me of why. I really wanted neck protection of some kind, however ad hoc uh, or rigged it may have been. Uh, that's number one. Uh, your kids, do you have, uh, and we have thousands of parents who listen to this show who have boys or girls who are playing hockey. Um, hockey is obviously exceedingly popular in Buffalo and Western New York, and you see kids younger and younger and younger playing the game. And no matter how young they are, those um, skate blades are really, really sharp. And you get a situation at certain ages where you've got some kids who are 5'10", and some kids who are 5'1", because they haven't quite uh, caught up to the growth, and it would be very, very easy for a situation to happen like what happened in the U.K. Uh, over the weekend. Now, the other controversy, or if, if we were doing this in the U.K., I guess it would be controversy, uh, that is swirling around this is should the player whose skate hit Adam Johnson in the neck be criminally charged? And here I think we get into a little bit of a sticky area. Now, first of all, you might have heard me say this once or twice. I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I did do a little bit of research into uh, uh, the law of the United Kingdom, and the charge that I think, if if uh, if if the guy who hit Adam Johnson is going to be charged with anything. I think it's going to be along the lines of what they call GBH. That is grievous bodily harm. But still, they've got to be able to prove beyond, uh, the Crown has to be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that, uh, that a crime took place. And like one of our callers the other day, I, I've watched this video a lot, and what I see is uh, a couple of guys getting into a collision near the blue line, and uh, the guy whose skate eventually went into the neck of Adam Johnson uh, clearly um, had a collision with the guy from uh, Adam Johnson's team, and the big debate seems to be 
did he intentionally raise his leg in order to make contact, however non-lethal the intention of the contact may have been with Adam Johnson. And I don't think that anybody is going to be able to prove that. And one of the issues is we have the advantage of seeing this in slow motion, frame by frame, like the Zapruder film, back and to the left, back and to the left. We have the advantage of being able to see it in slow motion. You watch it in real time, and I think it gives you a little better perspective of what was happening in real time. Look, hockey is a very fast game. It is getting faster and faster all the time. These people who play professional hockey are amazing athletes. And again, faster and faster every single year, bigger and bigger every single year. Now, I know that the guy who killed Adam Johnson uh, has has a bad reputation as basically what we would have called in the 1970s a goon. That's with a G, a goon. Uh, nowadays they're called enforcers. He's the kind of guy who, if he played against the Buffalo Sabres, you would boo him every time he went on the ice. If he played for the Buffalo Sabres, you would applaud him every time he went on the ice. And I know this because I've seen that happen in Buffalo with a guy by the name of Dave the Hammer Schultz. When he was on the Philadelphia Flyers, he was probably one of the most hated guys in all of Buffalo. But then the Sabres get him in a trade and Dave Schultz suddenly becomes Mr. Popular in Buffalo and I think he scored a goal in his first game as a Buffalo Sabre. So there, and I was there (laughs) <laughs> which was kind of weird. I was at many of those legendary games of the 70s, except the uh, Bruins-Sabres game where Jim Schoenfeld checked Wayne Cashman through the Zamboni entrance. Missed that one, but many of the other great moments of uh, that era of the Sabres, uh, I was there. Always seemed to be at the right place at the right time. But uh, I, I want to find out if you're a mom, you are a dad, and you've got a kid playing hockey, should neck guards be mandatory should they be mandatory and i'm not talking about just new york state i'm talking about ontario i'm talking about anywhere where people are playing hockey now i absolutely believe that they should be mandatory but like anything else once you open that door does that mean neck guard should be mandatory when you're skating at open skate Some people skate pretty fast at open skate. Should it be mandatory when you're skating downtown in that little ice rink downtown in the wintertime? Well, I don't know that I've seen anybody uh, check anybody in those situations. But when you are talking about uh, ice skating, you're talking about, uh, obviously, basically the equivalent of really thick razor blades on somebody's feet. And sometimes people aren't real steady on their feet. Now, I do not know whether Petgrave uh, intentionally tried to make contact with Adam Johnson. I don't think he tried to intentionally kill him. And I'm not convinced that he tried to make contact with him. A number of the commentators are talking about, well, he raised his leg unnaturally. Okay, unnaturally, if you watch it in slow motion and frame by frame, But when you watch it in real time, um, you are assuming that Petgrave had the conscious thought, oh, I'm going to raise my leg 
and try to make contact with Adam Johnson near the blue line, I can't buy that. I'm sorry. I can't buy that. When you watch it in real time, to me, it looks like a freak accident. And as we've seen in Buffalo, um, these things do happen. Uh, And unfortunately, this time it happened um, in the U.K. And uh, despite uh, relatively quick response by the responders uh, on the scene, uh, Mr. Johnson did not survive the uh, injury to the neck. Uh, let Let me give you the phone numbers. Do you believe that neck protection should be mandatory at all levels of hockey? If you are a hockey parent, have you been out looking for neck protection since this incident. If, if my kids were still playing hockey, I would be moving heaven and earth right now to track down neck protection. I, I, I should have you know done that a long time ago when they were still playing, but I, I didn't really like them that much. Um, 803, sorry, little humor there. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800, we have a sick sense of humor, all of us, 1-800-616-WBEN. Should neck protection be mandatory at all levels of hockey? Have you tried to find neck protection for your hockey player in your life? Um, and do you believe that there's any criminality that uh, should be faced by the player who killed Adam Johnson? And the way I look at the laws of the U.K., I think the best they're going to do is grievous bodily harm, and they've got to prove it. And I just, I don't know. We're not talking about Ronnie Cray in 1960 having a schizophrenic episode and attacking a guy with a bayonet for which he was sent away for grievous bodily harm. We're talking about something that happened literally in the fraction of a second. And I really don't think you can form intent in a fraction of a second. I could be wrong. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. I mean, and again, it just we love players like Petgrave when they play for the Sabres. Patrick Coletta was one of the most popular Sabres when he played, but Patrick Coletta was an enforcer, and he was also a guy who, rightly or wrongly, had a reputation as a dirty player and a guy who, when he hit you, you knew you had been hit. He was like a tank, all right? I mean, I've met Patrick Coletta once or twice. He was a cool guy. Matt Barnaby, met him a couple of times. He was a cool guy. But on the ice, you know, you're, you're a, different, uh, a different person. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. We have to have parents out there whose, whose kids play hockey. If not, I, I surrender. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulip speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, welcome, loves. It's uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'd love to hear from uh, amateur hockey officials. I'd love to hear from parents of youth hockey players. Should neck guards be made a mandatory piece of equipment? And I'm going to argue, yeah, absolutely, they should be. Especially now, Kevlar is so light. Uh, when you consider everything you got to strap on, giggity, before you go out onto the ice, what's a neck guard? And again, the uh, National Hockey League, we pointed this out many years ago, the players did not have to wear helmets. And many of us got our first glimpse of the National Hockey League during the era of the uh, Derek Sanderson Boston Bruins with his flowing locks behind him looking more like Ringo Starr than Ringo Starr. Uh, But you know what happened in the U.K.? Uh, Should your kids have to wear neck guards when they play hockey? And uh, do you believe that uh, the hit on Adam Johnson constitutes a criminal act or a freak accident? And I got to go with freak accident regardless of this guy's background. And look, you know, Patrick Coletta is he's a great guy. Okay, but let's not forget when he was playing in the National Hockey League, the NHL suspended him like four times, including a 10 game suspension for checking a guy to the head. So uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying we've we've had some guys on the Buffalo Sabres who were uh, uh, habitual offenders of various NHL teams. And I hope I don't see Patrick anytime real soon because I kind of like my head on my neck. Um, let's go to Jim in Elma. Jim, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hi, guys. How you doing? Um, I coached hockey for many years, my kids, and uh, I played hockey for almost 30 years myself. And I played on the Sweet Home team when we won the Cup in 73. But um, I got a long history of hockey, and I definitely think – the neck guards should be mandated. Um, it never happened to me, but when I was coaching my kids in the late 90s and early 2000s, it was mandated to wear a neck guard. Every kid on the ice had a habit. And I agree really? with you know? what, what- what what league? I mean, uh, that's a fair question. I want to know if uh, if parents out there, if this is already a mandatory thing in most of the leagues in Western New York. Because when my kids played in the early two thousands uh, in the Amherst and the travel leagues, it was not mandatory. I never saw yeah, a kid wear Sen- a neck guard. Yeah, in the West Seneca League, we had every kid had to wear a neck guard, and that's back when Patrick Kane was skating around the ice in uh, West Seneca. Um, I remember when Gene Hart told me I was coaching with him, and he said, you see that kid there, that 10-year-old kid? He's going to the National Hockey League. And I said, yeah, sure, Gene, every, every one of our kids is going to the National Hockey League. But it worked. But 
when we were coaching back then, every kid had to wear a neck guard. Well, and back then, what were the neck guards like? Uh, were they basically hard plastic shells, or were they made of uh, Kevlar, which is very strong yet very lightweight? As I remember them, um, they, they were flexible. I don't think there was any Kevlar inside of them. They were cloth. But they covered a good amount of your neck. But the complaints we got, of course, is you know how you sweat when you're playing hockey. Yep. You know, it feels very uncomfortable on your neck. But, um, yeah, it was mandated back then. I don't know if they changed the rules by now. But in the uh, early 2000s, when both my boys played, um, everybody had to wear one. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're talking about, uh, you know, the the chafing issue, uh, depending on the sensitivity of your skin to various substances, chafing can be a problem in a lot of different areas. It can be a problem with your cup. It can be a problem with the straps uh, on your calves for your shin guards, uh, maybe the elbow pads to some degree. But as far as uh, neck, I mean, let's put it this way. Given a little bit of chafing to the neck versus a severed artery, I'm going to take the chafing to the neck every time. Well, definitely, and I think it should be mandated. I mean, how many times does it have to happen before somebody mandates, you know? <laughs> it's, well, uh, I mean, there's been, as, as, as I recall, there's been one basically deliberate death in the National Hockey League when somebody was clubbed with a stick way back when. Was it Masterson? Um, and then... Actually, uh, it, was, it was a Boston Bruin. One of, one of the bad guys on the Bruins back in the 60s whacked the guy over the head and gave him a, a crush his skull, basically, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was definitely an intentional hockey death. I, I forget, and I, I don't even know what the uh, uh, adjudication of that was legally. But when I presume that you've watched the hit on Adam Johnson. I had a little doubt in the beginning. It looked like he flung his leg up like that. But playing hockey all those years like I did, I mean, you get touched the wrong way and your body flips around or whatever. I mean, I used to throw hip checks all the time, and uh, I played defense, and something like that could have happened while I was while I was checking a guy, you know. Oh, so. absolutely! You know, look if 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 uh, if Petgrave gets charged. What his uh, barristers in the U.K. will have to do is go through hundreds or thousands of hours of tapes of that league and isolate the frames where various guys in similar situations had their skates go at what supposedly was an unnatural angle. And, and, and one of the one of the problems I have with some of the, the sports pundits is, you know, well, let's analyze this frame by frame. Oh, here we can see that the leg goes up at an awkward angle. And I'm thinking to myself, that is not a fair representation. And I'm not here to support uh, murder in hockey. OK, I'm not here to support that. But but I do believe that you, you have to be dispassionate when you are looking at something like this. And as I watch it in real speed, less than one second is what it took. And you're going to tell me that uh, uh, no matter how tough a guy he is, that Petgrave's brain moved that fast? Or was that more of a reflexive action or the result of, uh, I don't want to say inertia, but momentum? Uh, taking him forward. I, I do not believe uh, that it's going to be provable that he intended any grievous body harm whatsoever to Adam Johnson. I don't think so either. And, you know, basically 
I, I heard that they're using titanium blades now. They're a lot thinner. Um, you know, they, they're, they're hollowed out like they always were on the bottom. But both of those edges on the bottom are really sharp, even sharper than they used to be. And, you know, I think it was just a freak accident. Um, you know, kind of like it's intentional in football when you when a lineman sticks his leg out and tries to trip a guy. Right. But I don't think he was I don't think he was trying to do that. Whether he was trying to whack him in the chest with his leg and his skate got too high, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't. I, dude, I, when I watch the when I watch the video in real time, I just don't see that the time even would have existed for the thought to get to the brain synapses to then get to the leg. It just it was that fast. Yeah, it was, and it, I don't think it could have happened that fast either. But the bottom line is, yeah, they all should be wearing neck guards after all these horrific accidents. You know. Well, I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, look, we're, we're very familiar in Buffalo with the Zednik uh, situation in the early 2000s and the Malarchuk situation. I mean, we have, I think, a unique perspective on these kinds of injuries because I'm sure there are people listening who are at the Clint Malarchuk game, who are at the Zednik game, uh, which uh, my kids and I watched on TV, and it was uh, pretty pretty gruesome, but I decided to keep the TV on because, you know what? I mean, they they got to find out at some point. But the um, – uh, but the the neck guards, uh, and, and I don't see what the big deal is about making neck guards mandatory in youth hockey and in the National Hockey League because we don't think anything of making our kids wear helmets. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, when I played in the, uh, do you remember the Amherst Rec Center, the original Rec Center over there? Uh, I just, it just I, no, I, it, 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 it when, no, when I, um, my experience with it was the Pepsi Center and then the Northtown Center. Okay, there was the original rec center, and then there was Autobahn. They built another one, and then the Pepsi Center came after that. But in the rec center, we had fence on the corner at the ends. There was no plexiglass, okay? And the players used to load in underneath at the end. They'd open the door, and they'd come in, and we'd be taking slap shots, you know, as the players were coming in. And finally, uh, one of our players got hit in the eye with a puck. And then all of a sudden, they rerouted uh, the way you get on through the bench area instead of the ends, and they put plexiglass on, you know? But until well, when, then, when I was playing... When I, when I was playing at the Brighton and Lincoln arenas in the town of Tonawanda, it, first of all, they were not covered buildings. So uh, if you had a game planned at 6 o'clock and the snow came in at 6, you were basically SOL. But it also had the chain link fence uh, before plexiglass was installed, and uh, you were playing in the great wide open. Yeah, and these when they loaded you in from the, from the ends, you ducked down underneath that fence and – when you stood up, a puck could hit you in the face, you know? Oh, and, you know, that's the way the rec center was years ago. And, you know, I played on that 73 Sweet Home team where we won the cup. And Terry Sykes was, was playing on the team. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. But he was, nope. he would score, he'd score five goals a game. He was I mean, great. Dude, 
That was 50 years ago. I mean, it was 50 years ago. <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better, I do have my championship trophy from uh, 1981 in my living room still on display. Thank you very much. Yes, it was a town championship, but I'll take it. Um, thank you very much. I, I appreciate the call. I'd love to hear from those of you who coach hockey. I'd love to hear from those of you who officiate hockey. Those of you who are hockey fans, should neck guards be mandatory? And I'm going to tell you, I absolutely believe they should be mandatory. Um, are you going to totally eliminate all risk of somebody severing an artery? No. Will you reduce the risk? Yes, you will. And at least you'll know that you've done everything reasonably possible to prevent a fatality. And do you believe the player that spe- that uh, 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 that stabbed, not stabbed, but slashed Adam Johnson with his skate, um, do you see that as a criminal act? And when you watch it in real time, it does not look to me as evil as when it's broken down second a frame by frame microsecond by microsecond I don't think that is a fair depiction of what happened because hockey is a fast game and it happens in real time except accelerated by about 20 times uh, let's go to uh, Neil in uh, Forestville Neil you're on WBEN should uh, hockey neck guards be mandatory I, I think it would anything to help, you know, in the situation that we're in. But I, I have technology on my radial arm saw that stops the blade as soon as skin comes in contact with it. So what I'm wondering is, can't they build a different skate that perhaps the blades could retract into the skate, or some type of technology that would turn the blades that it wouldn't be uh, as sharp or you know, come up with something that, that would react like that. I mean, years ago, I never thought a, a blade would stop from my hand getting cut off, but they do now. Um, you're you're going to have to bring me up to speed on this because I'm not exactly a Mr. Fix-It kind of guy. You, you've got what it's on called, your what? It's called Stop tech, stop Saw Technology. And a radial arm saw, now, if your finger is anywhere near it, it'll drop the blade down and stop it before it cuts your finger. And does that happen because your finger gets too close to the blade? You said earlier that it your, does, it that the blade it carries skin. A, the blade carries a small electrical uh, signal, and when the skin comes in contact with it, because your body is a conductive uh, body, that it activates the safety system. Well, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, for a saw, that sounds like a really good idea. For a hockey skate, I just I think there's an easier way to go about doing it, and that's just if, if you want to prevent injuries to the arteries of the neck, to me, uh, or, or to minimize their frequency and severity, the easiest thing is not to reinvent the wheel, or in this case the skate blade, but to simply make players like we do with hockey helmets and cups um, – make them wear neck guards and penalize them too because like you said uh, how do you how do you know this guy's intentions well you'd have to look back through the game he was playing you know was he being aggressive to this particular player the guy is a goon the the guy okay look the guy is a goon all right now he's and he's an enforcer now but back in the 70s by any definition we would have called him a goon g-o-o-n like watch the movie slapshot you ever seen that with paul newman 
Uh, oh wait, wait. That was that was such an unsure yes. I have serious doubts as to your veracity. Let me ask the question again, sir. Have you or have you not seen the movie Slapshot with Paul Newman? I, I've seen excerpts from it, but I had the whole movie. I just can't bring it back by, by memory. So, yeah, okay, you got first, me on that one, Tom. First, thank you. I, I, I just had to test my uh, my uh, ability to judge your vocal inflection, sir. I hope you'll not be offended by that. But um, Slapshot, the movie with Paul Newman, captures a very um, specific period of professional hockey and basically it's like a cautionary tale of what the game was becoming and Paul Newman plays the aging coach and player on this team uh the 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 Charlestown Chiefs and basically they sucked they had one player who actually was a good hockey player in real life at least in college but um, the, the team sucked, and then Paul Newman hit on the idea of let's entertain these people, let's become a bunch of goons. And the Charlestown Chiefs became a bunch of goons. So then in the ultimate championship game they're playing, the opposing team brings in all of these guys who are just they're, – they're caricatures of the kind of professional wrestling slash professional hockey we saw in the 1970s in particular. And I hate to pick on them. Actually, I love picking on them. The Philadelphia Flyers of the mid-1970s. The Flyers, such a dirty team – that when the Soviets came to play the Flyers, the, the coach was so furious, he pulled his team off the ice. They weren't going to come back because they were not happy with the lack of penalties. They were not happy with the physicality of the game. And they said, screw this, we're going home. They eventually did complete the game. Well, now that you've mentioned it, I, I, I was thinking of the McKenzie brothers as soon as you said slap shot. Uh, no, the, uh, the Hanson brothers. All right, all right. I believe you're talking about the Hanson brothers. Call the pizza man. I mean, there are so many great lines in the movie Slapshot. There really are. Dave's a killer. Dave's a kill. Dave's a mess. I mean, it's just, oh, my God. I mean, it's just, but that movie, I mean, seriously, that movie is, it was low budget, even though Paul Newman was in it. And a lot of the actors in that movie are not even credited. You can't even find out who they are. And uh, we had a guy who was at WBEN for a while uh, who actually is in the movie as one of the announcers, which uh, somebody told me a couple of years ago. But um, to to make a long story short, uh, this guy who killed Adam Johnson would have fit very well into that movie. I mean, that's the kind of player he is. He's not he's not Craig Ramsey. okay? And no, no disrespect to Craig Ramsey. I think you could really cut down a lot of it by uh, uh, penalizing the people that do things like this. Like you said, you know, there's got to be some action taken towards uh, a, a, a player who is outwardly violent. Uh, well, this guy, this guy's got this guy. This guy has racked up a ton of penalty minutes. That's why he's known as an enforcer. But you can't hold that against him. To me, you've got to look at the circumstances and facts regarding the death of Adam Johnson. And in my opinion, you can't do it frame by frame. You've got to watch it in real time. And when I watch it in real time, I do not see a guy who intended grievous body 
bodily harm. I see a guy whose leg did go up awkwardly, but hell, I've seen guys' legs go up awkwardly in other plays that didn't result in fatalities. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, just like you said, uh, going through it, talking about it, um, trying to find solutions, um, trying to, to make sense of, like, why somebody did something is, is, is how we get to find solutions to these problems. Well, uh, are, so are you are for uh, mandatory neck guards in, in hockey at all levels? I'm for safety, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as it doesn't obstruct their view and, and, and their performance, then, then I'm all for it. But, uh, you know, skiing, I, I, I'm a skier, and we got uh, two edges on those skis as well. And if they come unhinged from your feet, they can, they can hit you, and you can be stabbed or cut by them. Every sport has an inherent danger to it. Driving to the rink has inherent danger, uh, but uh, as far as like what I'm interested in most is pr- uh, easily preventable dangers. And when you're playing hockey, you've got a ton of equipment on already. And putting on a neck guard, a lightweight neck guard these days made of Kevlar, does not seem to me to be an undue burden on a player at any level. Uh, now that would be something you know, that have to be agreed also- to by the. Go ahead. You can also improve the safety too. Get get a little bit more uh, uh, technology down on there. So if you're having a, a put on the, you know, perhaps having uh, a plan together for that if that happens at the at the um, like like the life saving techniques that were performed for uh, Hamlin and and for the guy who got cut there. Uh, well, Clint Malarchuk and Je- and Jednick, if all the places for those guys to suffer those injuries, and if all the times they got lucky, and I believe if memory serves, and this goes back decades, I think that the training and medical staff had re- had recently reviewed. Uh, severed or or nicked arteries and and how to properly treat them in a traumatic situation. I uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm tempted to continue this, but uh, kind of depends on what you guys uh, want to talk about today on uh, WBEN. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.